not often that I get excited to interview. Uh, it's not true. I, I get excited to interview everyone on this show. One of the great things about having this podcast is there hasn't been one person who sat on my couch that I haven't wanted to talk to. Uh, varying degrees of excitement. You know, Stephen Piercy from Rat, my favorite singer. I've never been so excited to be in a room with a man in my life. Uh, Fred Corey, the drummer from Cinderella. Very excited. He provided the soundtrack to my life. Tawny Katane and Bobby Brown. Women I pleasured myself to as a teenager. I haven't pleasured myself to this next guest. <laughs> but I almost did kiss her once at the parking lot of the Sportsman's Lodge. But I couldn't pull the trigger because I was too intimidated and wasn't as good with women as I am now. One of the funniest... Not female comics, I know, but one of the funniest comics I know. Put your little grubby, dirty, sausage-like fingers together for the one, the only, Jennifer Murphy. That is the greatest intro I've ever heard in my life. Well, you deserve it. Uh, I totally forgot about the Swartzman's Lodge. I think I remember that night. I mean... I think I could tell what you were doing. I probably... <laughs> I walked you to your truck, I think yeah, you had. Yeah. And I'm like, well... I mean, I, I sensed a little bit of a vibe. I'm not saying you were like in love with me, but I'm like, uh, you know, I, I don't know. And then I was like, we got close to like, I think I hugged you goodbye and I we locked eyes and it was like, ah, fuck it. I'm just going to go back and do a, you know. <laughs> the comedy one. The, the spot in front of three. You didn't want to miss Jimmy and Joey set. Oh, I mean, what's Joey though? What's Jimmy? <laughs> you know. Joey and Jimmy, legendary. We're going to throw a lot of names out in this interview that most of you are like, who's that? Uh, and I try not to have on the podcast too many local references that people from Switzerland are going to be like, who the hell is Joey and Jimmy? Joey and Jimmy, very famous uh, L.A. comedy a duo. Uh, it's been one Joey and at last count, I think at least 12 Jimmys. Meatballs of comedy. Meatballs of comedy. I'm sure everybody knows it. Uh, you know, and I used to think, God, maybe the Jimmys, you know, maybe they're the problem, you know. And then, you know, after about the seventh Jimmy, I'm like... <laughs> You know, Joey might be the problem here. <laughs> and, uh, of course, the legendary Fat James Price, who... Oh, rest in peace. Rest in peace. Uh, still the only man to this day who got fatter while having bone cancer. I mean... Oh, God! <laughs> I Did mean, he get fatter? Bone cancer, just... If you've ever seen someone with bone cancer... It's terrible and I, that we're laughing at this. I know. Well, I lost my mom to cancer, so... You know, I feel that Fair I game. I have the creative license to joke about it. Uh, he got himself Fat James, so I'm sure he would have wanted us to laugh. Fat James is great. I mean, what went to Dupar's with him one night. He ordered like double servings of everything, pancakes, uh, you know, two Lazy Susans with every powder and, and syrup you could create in your head, finished it all off, and then says to the waitress, hey, can I get a Diet Coke? <laughs> you know i don't think those extra 180 calories are going to kill you yeah maybe i was wrong maybe uh but you and i have known each other forever yeah if i had known about this 90 inch tv i, I might have kissed you outside the 
Well, th- this one's smaller than the one this? I had. It's bigger than 90, isn't it? Uh, it it's 75 inches high def uh, to Jesus, watch. It's amazing. It, to watch a hockey game on this or porn is, is really. Uh, oh God, porn. That would be overwhelming. It is because the guy's balls look like the moon on this thing. <laughs> And uh, I appreciate that you pretended to be a little bit excited to have me on this couch after all those people you named. Well, I am because uh, I really respect you as a comic. I mean, you're one of the (laughs) hardest working comics I know. And that's, you know, uh, rare. You know, how long have you been doing comedy? It's like 10 years now. And usually about not a really long time. But I mean, that's a long time in comedy years. You know, that's still just I just got over being new. (laughs) In L.A. comedy, if in you... In L.A. comedy. Well, you know, I don't know. I mean, if you do L.A. comedy longer than a year, you're in it for the right reasons. I mean, yeah. I I'm at that point where it's like, you know, the first six or seven years, you're like, oh, now I'm going to be a feature. Everything's getting more exciting. I'm at that point where it's kind of plateaued and you're like, I have no fucking idea what to do now. Yeah, but now you're headlining, right? Um, yeah. But it's like you have to either make that jump to where you're going to be on TV. Because it's so hard to get headlining spots if nobody knows your name. I don't have a lot of credits. I have less than you do. What? You're Earl Skakel. Yeah, but that means nothing. I'm the comics comic, which is the kiss of death. Yeah, (laughs) that is the kiss of death. And you have a similar vibe as I do. I mean, I've never heard a bad word about you. Uh, That's nice. You know, except from Burger. But I mean, (laughs) we'll get into who we've been with later on. We won't warm up to that stuff. Uh, who still has well, you pro- know, it's the social media is making it harder now because instead of just concentrating on my own comedy, I need to get off of it. Probably, I don't now. Think I'm you- looking at all these like younger females who are like showing their boobs on Instagram, and then I see them getting comedy spots. I'm like, and I've never been one of those bitter people, but I'm just like, uh. I'm getting like that too, though. You know, like I had a manager that told me that told me to dress sexier. And for a second, I believed him. And then I'm like, that's got to be a killer to, well, to but, try and change yourself, I think is just wrong. Right? But, well, I, don't ask me about what managers. Uh, I'm just taking a picture of you. I didn't want you to think I was like tweeting or something. So, uh, you know, Jen Murphy, I got to drop the mic for two seconds. So, uh, a sexy pose. Yeah, do a sexy pose. But while you're doing the sexy pose, let me ask you a question so I could hold the camera. Um, what? Is it do you find most difficult about being a female comedian in L.A.? Uh, being a female comedian in L.A. I have to do my sexy pose. I've never found it difficult. Um, but I mean, wh- I, the only thing I find difficult, but this doesn't pertain to your thing about being in L.A. Just in general, I think it's harder for um, to get spots from people who don't know you, who haven't seen you yet. Like, I think men, they'll kind of trust, like, uh, oh, he'll probably be funny. But with girls, I feel like they don't want to hire me unless they've already seen me perform And uh, But I actually think in L.A. it can be an advantage to be a female. Because there's, there's not as many of us, so people remember you. But sexism. I mean, I know some uh, promoters, I won't mention names, uh, but uh, they're, you know, they'll throw it out there. Hey, I'll put you on my show if, uh, you know, we... We can get it. Does that happen to you still 10 years in? That doesn't happen to me very often. So I don't know if I just give off a vibe, like not that sexy, or maybe people think I'm a lesbian or something. That hasn't happened to me very often, even from the beginning. 
I doubt that. I had people flirt with me a little, but I didn't really get... Like me. I didn't get a vibe of like, if you fuck me, I'll put you on my show. I mean, the only people that gave off any little bit of that vibe was somebody who would run like a bringer show. So it wasn't like I was going to try and... There was no... It wasn't even a question because I'm not going to do anything to get on a bringer show at the John Lovitz Club. I don't even (laughs) think uh, John Lovitz did John Lovitz Club. (laughs) I would always love going in there and seeing the manager like texting lying down in one of the booths. I'm like this. I don't know how this place is going to be around much longer. Yeah. And they never had anyone in the box office. So like you could literally just walk in and I don't know. Yeah. That club didn't do too much. I think I might've saved myself by not hanging out at the comedy store more often because I probably would have ended up sleeping with some of the headliners there or something. No, I never got that vibe from you. Uh, you know, you probably would have, <laughs> you know, maybe been with one or two. Not to try and get work, just because I love comedians. And and you're sexually uh, not active, but uh, you like sex. I like sex, Earl. Well, you sounded like Tommy there. Don't give me nightmares. <laughs> Tommy, as you know, many Tommy likes sex, Earl. Well, I mean, uh, Tommy was the... Uh, let me put this uh, politically correct. Uh, he was the previous talent coordinator at the comedy store who, uh, let's just say he had interesting views on certain elements of society and uh, some incredibly uh, creative accounting methods. <laughs> hey, he, he discovered Whit- Whitney. He'll tell you that. Well, he'll tell you that, but I, I think Whitney <laughs> He Cummings discovered a lot of people. And D'Elia. And, mm-hmm. uh, they wouldn't be anywhere without him. I mean, yeah, they'd probably be farther along if they didn't <laughs> deal with his uh, tomfoolery. Get it? That's a word pun. Uh, so, <laughs> Is he still uh, running a show on Sunset Boulevard? Uh, but what a shock that he couldn't keep that show going. <laughs> hey, you know, what a shock no one from the entertainment world reached out to get his input on anything. Hmm. Uh, anyway, that's sorry. It's too real here. I get too real. Comedy store's booming now after he left. Well, Adam eBay, his real name's Egot. Yeah. I'll call him eBay. I uh, like it. He's, I mean, uh, he's uh, really turning it around. And, yeah, it's uh, awesome. You know, the lineups have never been stronger. Uh, I mean, there was a lineup the other night I was on where I was the worst comic on the lineup. But, no. Oh, yeah. Impossible. No. Uh, no, no. It was like, wow. I mean, I'm, I'm not a cocky person, but I think I'm relatively funny. And I'm like, I probably shouldn't be on this lineup. Uh, yeah, the lineups are pretty insane lately. But, you know, it's a good, uh, I think, time now for someone like you who should you should have been passed before me at the store. Uh, well, no, that's not true. But I, I but or I, together. I think you know. I should be probably passed, but that's my fault probably because i didn't i kind of stopped going i was going every week for a couple of years and then i kind of drifted away if i had stayed i probably would be i mean everyone else i started with pretty much has passed oh that was the same thing with me like literally. and i feel so dumb sometimes like why did i even stop going well i think at least with adam it's more uh people like you and and uh, other uh comics who should be up there it's legitimate now that you have a shot I need to go back every week. Based on talent. It's me. Uh, yeah. I mean, it's all my fault, Earl. No, it's there's so many things outside this business. I mean, someone like you should be a household name. And, I need to go back and show cleavage. I, I mean, that, I'm not going to lie. That one, I mean, <laughs> I mean, you, I mean, I, I don't recall your boobs being this big, but they're pretty, 
I mean, you know, they got bigger. Well, I'm not looking, but I mean, I, I do boobs get bigger if you. Ha- I'm asking you, like you know. I do though. I never had a boyfriend before. Now I have one for more than a year. Oh, respectfully, if the boyfriend's listening, I, I'm not like, oh, no, creeping right. no, on no. your girl. Yeah, no, no. Um, and my boobs grew like a whole cup size, and I'm like, do your boobs grow? Do you, like if if you're having regular sex, do your hormones change, and maybe that would make them grow? I'm guessing C's. Is that weird? I, yeah, but they've always been smaller. I think my dick got bigger. If you have regular sex? Or you mean just like a life change, like you hit a certain age and it kind of changed from... I, I'm telling you, uh, I mean... I, Do you really think it did? Absolutely. Because they say your hormones change like every seven years or something. I mean, I don't... Uh, I mean, I've... Uh, I've never heard a guy say that. I, well, I mean, I'm going to say a lot of things. I mean, inappropriate. But I honestly think that... Uh, I mean, I've always uh, been uh, fairly well described by the women I've been with in that area. But lately, or not lately, but the last five years, I would say girls are like, oh, my God. So it can happen. Uh, To me, it did. And obviously to you. Well, thank you for noticing my boob change. Well, I mean, I'm trying not to be like, you know, I actually really respect you as a comic and as a person. So I'm trying not to be too like. You've never been creepy, Earl. You know, that's my problem. We, we probably would have, you know. You should have been creepier. You know, creepier is the wrong word, but, uh, you know. You, like, you were too well put together. I kind of, you know, I usually had a tendency to go for d- extremely damaged, wrong asshole. Should I keep saying words now? Yeah, yeah, no. One of them might listen. <laughs> well, well, hopefully they do. I mean, I need the numbers. I need, I need the ratings boost. Uh, but I mean, you, it's hard for like, I've only dated comics the last probably 10 years because uh, it's, it's all we're around. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's why I said about the comedy store thing. Like I could have easily ended up. I'm glad I didn't. Yeah, but you're way too smart. Well, I think that was why I usually ended up like only going out with comics that were like open doing open mics with me or something. Cause I never wanted to be ever since I got into comedies, females have that reputation of like they fuck headliners to get spots or something. So I never wanted to get that reputation, so I tried to stay away. Well, you know, just stay from away from the headliner comics. Yeah. Well now you're a headliner, now you can fuck your features. <laughs> yeah, that's my plan. Well, I mean, you know, I don't know what's going on. Well, I used to worry a lot about it. And then someone told me, I think it was Jeff Garcia. He was like, if you get any kind of success, people are going to talk shit about you no matter what. So you might as well just do whatever you want. Well, I agree. Talk I mean, whoever you want, do whatever you want. Well, you know, just uh, you've got the talent to back it up, even if you were a whore. Uh, <laughs> Thank you. No, I mean, like, I don't like, you know, even if you did like... <laughs> sleep with a lot of comics or you know i don't think anyone would say well she got this spot tonight because she you know boinked skakel <laughs> she certainly wouldn't get an improv spot if you fucked me i'll tell you that right now <laughs> so, i mean darn i might have the most useless i need an improv spot well you better uh i'll hook you up with the comedy <laughs> juice guys maybe uh they can, yeah you know Saratella. i well, you know, I, I, I don't know uh, how he operates, but, you know. I, we'll be banging bones. Hey, listen, whatever it takes. I mean, there's not a lot of female bookers. I just read the uh, biography of the singer from Rat. Not Jess, but, you know, 
right yeah. before I had him on, and uh, he talked about sleeping with the Booker of the Whiskey to get the band gigs. So, and it worked. Really? It got him on my couch 30 years later. Hell yeah. So. You know, I just passed the Viper Room coming over here and I saw flowers. So I stopped to see who died and they were for River Phoenix. Well, it's a little late in the game. I know. I guess guess he died on Halloween. Yeah, yeah. So every year, it was only a couple of them, but somebody's going back every year and still putting. It's been 22 years. Has it been 22 years since you? I I don't know that because I felt so closely, but it was on the memorial just now. I mean, my street, Larrabee, is a pretty legendary uh, yeah. L.A. street. At the uh, end of this street, is uh, there's two gay nightclubs, of course. But one used to be Larrabee Sound Studio, which was where Prince recorded Purple Rain. Oh, that's awesome. And uh, Ozzy did uh, the Ultimate Sin album. Not you know For you metalheads out there, it's a big album. But uh, Do you frequent uh, Santa Monica Boulevard? Uh, you know, I love this neighborhood. It's it's very, incredibly gay. Uh, I don't mind. It's not like I think I'm so good looking that every gay guy wants to pork me. <laughs> uh, I certainly had the offers on this street. You know, the other night I was walking the dog and uh, this dude is like following me and I'm like, dude, I'm straight. Sorry. You know, thank you, though. And he's like. Let me turn you. I give the best blowjob on Larrabee. Have you ever been tempted? You know, I've... uh, Like if someone wants nothing in return and they just want to give you a blowjob? I mean, first of all, to say you give the best blowjob on Larrabee, that's a bold statement. (laughs) I know, but I'd want to find out if it was true. He almost, uh, you know... Just a little bit? Like in your head, if you're like, if nobody would find out about this, maybe I'd do it. You know, David Lee Roth and Paul Stanley, they've been rumored to have been with dudes. So, like, pussy has been a gateway drug to dick for them. <laughs> I don't think I've been with that many women where I, I've, I've been with a few. Don't get me wrong. I mean, I do all right for myself. But uh, I haven't been with that many where I'd be like, oh, I wonder what a dick would feel like. You think that's why they tried it? Just because they got tired of Yes. I I think David, uh, let's just say David Lee Roth, you know, here's a guy, Van Halen. They've been famous since basically the mid seventies and I'm sure he was getting laid before Van Halen. So he's, I think 60 now. So for 40 years, he's been fucking, I mean, let's just say conservatively from 77 to say 90, he was literally probably fucking a hundred girls a year. Wow. That's conservative. Yeah. So that's anywhere from, I don't know, five to 10,000 women, depending on your, you know, math. Paul Stanley, same thing. They were more famous for longer anyways before Van Halen. Vince Neil, Motley Crue, same. Do you think the dicks came along because they were in situations like orgy situations? I think. I can't picture them just one-on-one. You know, I. With dudes. Probably backstage or you're at the Roxy after your sold out show at the forum. You probably maybe fucked two or three girls that day. I mean, that's what the singer from Rats said in Rats Prime. He was having sex with three girls a day. You know, I, I could see you're at the whiskey or Roxy after hours. You're on Coke, ecstasy, whatever they take. Yeah. You're dancing. All of a sudden, the guy like is flirty with you and you're just. Says he gives the best blowjobs on Larrabee. And uh, bam, 
There you go. I mean, I think at this point, guys of that magnitude have to put their dick in a cheese grater to get off. Yeah. I, that, I think it's yeah. boredom. That's true. You know, I mean, it's like, let me ask you this. Because I had you on because I want to talk about you, not David Lee Ross proclivities. <laughs> Let's say now this, I'm going to throw out just a crazy number just because, and it's, a, let's say you sleep with 3,000 men in your life so far. Oh, Lord. I know that's a crazy number. That's not even probably doable, but <laughs> you know, do you think you'd be curious? I want to be with a chick. Just, I don't know. I, Dick just doesn't do it for me anymore. I can see the curiosity. Yeah. Or, and the drugs. I mean, I could see myself if I was ever on that level, just in a good mood. Yeah, I'm horny right now. Suck it, buddy. Well, I was a lesbian once when I was on ecstasy. And what? It, I but mean, that's why I ask about if you would you do it if you didn't have to do anything back because the situation occurred. I didn't even know these girls were lesbians. It was after a show. I went and hung out with all, uh, some people. Yeah, we don't have to mention names. Strangers. <laughs> it was in another state, so I don't even know their names. But um, but yeah, then we took like Molly and stuff, and then all of a sudden it turned out that they were always, this group was all like, I don't know if they're swingers, whatever they are, they all just started hooking up with each other. But I received oral sex from a girl, but like there was no way I could do it. Even if I tried, like I even tried just putting a finger to, and I was just like, I don't even know what this is. And like, it kind of grossed me out a little bit. That sounds horrible to say because no. I'm a girl, so I don't want to say I was grossed out by. What was the oral sex good on you? Oh yeah, it was amazing because these girls were real lesbians. They know what to do. That's why I say, like, if a guy, if someone was offering just to blow you, but then you didn't want to do it back, it must be tempting. I'd have to be in such a good mood and and on such a ecstasy helps. But I don't do drugs. Yeah. <laughs> so like I, you know, that's why some of my decisions with women is really shocking considering I've never had a drink. So I've been sober for everything, you know, uh, you know, yeah, it's, I mean, in, in, I'd have to be, I'd have to have the greatest set of my life at the comedy store. I'd have to from right from the stage, go to a kiss concert. Someone would have to say, Earl, you just won the lottery. Then I might let someone suck my dick. So you never drank. I've never had a drink or drug in my life. So you must make a lot of really good decisions. Uh, well, I mean, I think that I wouldn't uh, have slept with so many of the people I did if I wasn't, you know, <laughs> I say so many, like it really was 3000 Earl. Well, there you go. You guessed it. Let me get my neighbor. She's hot. No, it's under 30. Uh, yeah, <laughs> but that's, that's a lot of dudes. Like, you know, it, it, it sounds like a lot. Like if I tell people, but I've always been single. So if I did the math from when I lost my virginity at 18, until now I'm 40. Like, like I would average like two a year when you do the math. Now I've been in a relationship for a little bit. Yeah, I mean. You it know. sounds like a lot when a girl says a number like it's in the 20s or something. But it's really not that much if if you've never been in a long-term relationship. Like yeah. before now, my longest relationship was three months. So I actually should have slept with a lot more. I should have averaged at least one a quarter. Yeah, in the comedy world, <laughs> you're really behind in the game. Well, because it's like what you said. We're always around comedians. And then there was more of them that I probably would have wanted to hook up with, but I was scared because I didn't want to get a reputation. 
And you would have. I mean, I... Uh, when you're new, you can't do it. Like you said, now, if I wanted to, it wouldn't matter as much. But yeah, when you're new, it's just... Well, men are pigs. And I'm, you know... And all these guys that I loved that I would consider hooking up with, I wanted to work with. Like, I wanted to be their feature. I wanted to open... So you can't sleep with someone and then be like, oh, now no, I can be your open... You know what I mean? Well, just stay away from so, guitar comics. They're the horniest bunch. Guitar comics. <laughs> <laughs> I won't mention names. Oh, but. shoot. I already slept with Jay Chris Newberg. I'm kidding. <laughs> yeah, got, you, got you to my couch. Uh, see you at the den. Uh, oh, the den. Is that still show, is that show still going? Uh, the den, for those of you not knowing what the hell me and Jen are talking about, is uh, it's a bar that I absolutely cannot stand. Oh, you can? Um, you know, it's just not my scene. I've only know. been in like twice. It's like uh, it's Sunset Boulevard. That's why Sunset right? Boulevard, but it's hit not hipsters like uh, nerds, but like uh, you know, mid twenty, early thirties industry types. You know, I'm more of a rainbow. You know, rock and roller. Yeah. Uh, but you know, it's not my scene. But yeah, you know, uh, I'm not. It's like the cast of Vanderpump Rules would be hanging there. What about the parlor? A parlor, uh, I've never done comedy there. I, I've, uh, it's not my scene. It's, of course, the great legendary L.A. promoter slash comic uh, Jay Davis, who uh, I knew when he was just a backdoor pool guy at the uh, Mondrian. Oh, God. you've known, How long have you known I've him known for? I've known him for probably 10 years. Maybe longer. More than that, probably. I mean, I knew him. Uh, he used the to put Torgasm up- was almost 10 years ago, wasn't it? Yeah, then it's got to be uh, maybe early 2000s. And, uh, yeah, I bet it's longer than 10. I mean, Jay Davis was a you know, legendary uh, promoter in the L.A. comedy scene. He started Dublin's, which uh, is where Dane Cook kind of blew Cook. up out of. And then, uh, you know, Sam Tripoli was there a lot. And I mean, he, he gets these killer lineups in these interesting rooms. Uh, you know, par- the Parlor Club is like, what is that? Like a sport? Not a sports bar, but it's... It's kind of a sports bar. I think it's a big sports bar on Sunday. I've only been there Monday night for the show, but he, the weird thing to me is how it's like all these models and they're so dressed up. I guess anyone gets dressed up to go out in Hollywood. I don't know. I don't hang out in Hollywood hotspots. I, I don't I'm more either. an Irish dive bar girl if I'm going to go out anywhere. Well, you and I closed down the legendary Liam's comedy night. Oh, yeah. Which That's I think right. you had... I think you might have had something lined up that night because I drove you there and I'm like, you need to ride back. And you're like, no, I'm good. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> it's all good. I, 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 you know. Oh, no, my boyfriend came and picked me up. Okay. Yeah, yeah. That wasn't that long ago. No, it was like. Uh, I don't I remember why than... he was out in that area. That's what I found weird. I'm like, because uh, uh, Liam's, if you don't know, uh, and I'm assuming nobody knows where Liam's is listening it's to this. It's out in Colton. Which is about probably an hour outside of L.A. It's uh, where the Ontario, it's it's even further past Ontario. Uh, almost, you start seeing signs for Palm Springs when you play Liam's. Yeah. <laughs> so I thought, uh, oh, maybe this is my chance with Jen. You know, we'll be out tonight. <laughs> I mean, I'm not saying I was planning on trying to. You, you can know. pretend your car broke down out, thought, out hey, in the fields. We're going to be hanging for the next six, seven hours. Maybe I make a move in the parking lot or something. And then, hey, Jen, you need a ride home? No. <laughs> I do remember you looked at me kind of strange. <laughs> well, you know, welcome. I mean, Jen just. 
We just weren't meant to be in the parking lots. So. I probably didn't tell you that he was picking. I don't. Even, I still don't like to say it. I just said I never use the word boyfriend. I just said it, and I don't like it. What? I hate that word. I don't like to say it. A lot of times, I introduce some people as my friend. Is that horrible? Well, but especially in the L.A. comedy world, uh, you know, when a girl, you almost have to always have the appearance, I think, of being single. So you have to have that illusion of uh, being available. Oh, do you think so, too? Okay, I thought it was just me that felt that way. I mean, from my experiences, I would say the last few comics I've dated, uh, we were all on the DL about it for the most part because... I think uh, to a degree they, you know, once you say you have a boyfriend and it's another comic, I, I think uh, there's a stigma behind that, you know, so. A lot of times I feel like fans want me to be single, like that they like it better. Maybe because I do some material about it. Like I'll still do some jokes about being single. even. Well, I don't think fans care whether you're single or not. They They would still, you know, if you're on the road a female comic and, and you're throwing it out there, they're not going to care about the boyfriend back home. Men are pigs. <laughs> no. But I'm not bitter or anything. <laughs> you're not a pig, girl. I'm not. Well, I've had my piggy eras in life. Uh, y- you know, I'm, I'm no angel. Uh, I am. How did you never take a drink even when you, like I understand not wanting to drink in your life, but how did you never even like when you were young try it or in college or anything? Well, my mom bribed me to be honest uh, with you. Uh, she, uh, you know, uh, I have two brothers, two sisters. My my and uh, you know, uh, dad. Uh, they were all uh, maybe um, had varying degrees of alcohol consumption. Oh, um, all of them. So when you were growing up, there's a lot of alcohol. Um. You know, but I honestly don't think I would have taken a drink. Uh, but she basically said, long story short, Earl, you don't drink till you're 18. I'll get you a car, a car of your choice oh, within nice. reason. Yeah. Uh, and this is 1986 when I turned uh, 18. So she got me a bright red uh, BMW 318. Oh, nice. And I was so excited when I got it that from Santa Monica to my parents' house in Bel Air, I drove home with the emergency brake on. so i pull up to my parents house it's like a kiss concert is happening in the back of the car i'm like oh my god the car's on fire and you know i had no idea i was like this car can't be fucked up already it literally had 23 miles on it and then i looked down and the emergency brake was on the whole time how did you even accelerate very fast with him you know i thought i remember driving on sunset uh right past my sister's high school marymount it's a famous high school, I guess. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, God, you know, I know this car's only four cylinder, but it's kind of slow. <laughs> Was it broken when you got back? Did you? No, it, it didn't break the car. It oh, just, that's good. Um, and then after that, I was like, Well, why drink now? <clears throat> that's you good. Know? You're smart. And uh, I also, to a degree, saw Gene Simmons from Kiss one interview on, on makeup you know he, he was in makeup still and they asked him uh, what you guys aren't known for partying and drinking he's like well drinking impairs the blood flow to my penis no <laughs> now i hadn't been laid yet at this time but i'm like well, you got nervous this guy fucks a lot of girls so he's like a doctor of sex i'm not touching alcohol ever that is so funny and never been tempted like ne- never even i mean i have know, you met gene simmons I was punked recently. Uh, I have to thank three people. 
Skylar Stone, uh, Whitney Rice, and Ryan Bromes. Uh, they pulled off, and Skylar used to work on Punked. Yeah. So it was a very elaborate prank. Whitney calls me up at 8 in the morning, which she never does because she knows my sleep schedule. It's like, hey, can you cover for me for this gig tonight? I'm like, sure, where is it? It's like, uh, here's the address. Just park there. The uh, MC will come get you. I know that's a little weird. Yeah. <laughs> so I went down there, downtown LA, right by where the Kings play, uh, Staples Center. Parked down in this like weird parking lot. Guy meets me outside, Ryan. Walks me like half block down to the Clive Davis Theater. And I'm like, this is a weird place for an open mic, man. This is- <laughs> I'm in the Taylor Swift Museum. They had, I guess she was about to play a concert there. So they had this Taylor Swift whole setup. It was amazing. I don't know much about her, but I was like, wow, this is crazy. They had dresses she had worn, platinum arms, all that stuff. So I go to walk in the room and the security guy's like, you can't come in yet. I'm like, well, I'm on the show. I'm like, are you Earl? I'm like, yeah. He's like, you're the headliner. You can't come in yet. We're at capacity. And I could hear through the door, like hundreds of people in that room. I was like, Wow, this is crazy. So I hear, uh, I think it was Skyler. Hey, ladies and gentlemen, your headliner tonight, Earl Skakel, inappropriate Earl podcast. Let him hear it. The guy opens the door, and there's a curtain that you had to walk down through this hallway. So I didn't see the stage right away. And I'm running down. I, I got my head down because I'm thinking of my first joke. I get to the foot of the stage. I look up, and it's two chairs on the stage. One's empty, and the other's Gene Simmons. Oh, my God. And I literally froze. I like I wouldn't say he's my idol because I don't play music, but like if there was like one bucket list interview for this podcast, it would be him. So I, I like I froze. Was he doing a concert or what was the whole thing? Well, this was a. I, I still to this day don't know what this show was, but Bill Burr was on the show. Uh, Owen Benjamin, I think Ben Glee might have been Skyler. It was just. Oh, it was a, a fundraiser or something. Must have been a fundraiser or one of Skyler's shows. That is he, so funny. But did you tell him that you don't drink because he said that? Yeah, oh, that's what I was hoping. And I'm like, literally, <laughs> Skyler had to that's push so me into the chair. Because I was, I froze. You froze? Oh, really? Physically? Froze. And I, to my right, out of the corner of my eye, I see hundreds of people. And I see Gene Simmons' family in the front row. Like his son, Nick, his daughter, Sophie, uh, his uh, wife, Shannon. And uh, Skyler like, pushed me in the chair and said, interview him. That is so cool that they did that. So I had no, obviously I had no, I basically started roasting him. You know, because he grabs me by the mouth. And he's like massaging my jaw. And he's like, Earl, you have a real pretty mouth. <laughs> and I'm like, it just, it's so surreal. I'm like. You're right. Men are pigs. And, and I'm sober. So I'm like, I'm experiencing all this emotion, like 100%. And I'm like, Gene, with what came out of your mouth in the 80s on some of those albums, my dick wouldn't be the worst thing. And then it just hammered. Uh, that's so funny. And, uh, you know, was Whitney there? Uh, no, Whitney, uh, she was just, uh, she wasn't on the show. She just, Skylar knew that he needed someone who I was really good friends with to yeah. pull off the initial. Yeah. Uh, so, and it was, I don't want to say the highlight of my life, but like, like it's Gene Simmons. Man. That's amazing. This is a guy who I've like followed for 40 years. Literally, like I bought 
you know, Kiss Alive when I was, in, well, I should say my dad bought it. Uh, when I was like, you know, in fourth grade. So, uh, and he was really nice. He invited me out. Now, this shows you the idiot I am. It was on a Tuesday night, much like tonight, same night as Roast Battle. Mm -hmm. So we go into like the little VIP area after, and his whole family's really nice, uh, you know, and they're like, do you want to go out to dinner with us? And I'm like, I got to I gotta do a show at the comedy store. I can't. It you was said such, no? I, I did. And it was like, because it was Roast Battle, you know, and I have that uh, thing I do every, you know, I'm like a regular part of the show, and I'm like... Fuck, man. Oh, man. So, but they were really nice. And uh, like, do you have someone like that in your life where, where it's like if you had your own podcast and like, would there be like a comic or a, like someone you'd be, be like literally tongue tied to talk to? Oh, God. Probably. Oh, I can't think right off the top, though. Like, who's your favorite music, like band? Or I, uh, well, this is going to sound lame, but I would be like that with, uh, like musical theater people, probably. <laughs> I love musical theater. You mean like Michael Fassbender or? I love uh, Josh Groban. I think I would be tongue tied with Josh Groban. I uh, no, love... I mean I'm not like. Yeah, I get it. <laughs> I feel weird saying. Not at all. Listen, I'm fucking. I, I grew up. I grew up with Beastie Boys as my favorite. When I was young, I loved Motley Crue and everything, but. For some reason, I get more um, emotional about. I always wanted to be a musical theater singer, so I just absolutely love them. But I have a horrible voice, so I never could sing. No, I, I mean, I think you have a great voice for like cartoons and stuff. Not a singing voice, though. Well, singing voice is like, but that doesn't really. You I can't know, even carry a tune. It's really bad. But neither can a lot of people who are big singers. What? That's not true. Listen, some. Well, I won't say names, but some might have been on this podcast. Uh, it's just all mixing. Uh, well, I know on uh, one particular 80s metal singer, uh, you know, I met a sound engineer. You have a wacky group of friends. You know, I, I know prostitutes and I know billionaires and everything in between. And uh, this particular uh, guy was a sound engineer on a lot of my favorite albums from the 80s so i would like grill him about oh what was it like working with this band in studio and they'd be like dude we had to triple track his vocals they, they oh were, wow his voice was so weak oh uh, you know okay you know who would make me freeze dave Grohl. okay oh i love dave Grohl. i just saw the food fighters two weeks ago at honda center and uh, like was it a food fighter show or was it no food fighter show I saw I, him twice. I saw him when they were here in L.A. like a month before that. You didn't go to the forum show where he had the jam session? I went to the forum show, but wait, the jam set. Well, they, they did two nights. I went on the second night. They did a show that, God, I wish I would have gone. I, I, I'm I, not necessarily a Foo Fighters fan, but I love Dave Grohl. Oh, Just, he's so awesome. I like his... Uh, he's like a throwback to his what demeanor. 70s rock stars were, like larger than life and... I guess maybe the first night of the sh forum shows, I guess he walked on stage with the Foo Fighters and said something to the effect of, now, I know everyone's here to see the Foo Fighters, but that's not going to happen tonight. I'm going to play music with my friends. Oh. And out walks Paul Stanley. Oh, yeah. He has a ten he's known for bringing on different people all the time. I but wasn't it, at that show, though. But it was like the whole show. So Paul Stanley does like three songs, like Love Gun and Detroit Rock City. Oh, wow. And then... 
you know what? It's time for another one of my friends to come out. David Lee Roth comes out. They play Van Halen, uh, you know, whatever. I didn't even hear about this. Lemmy from Motorhead. Oh, it's so awesome. So uh, I love seeing, like, surprises like that at concerts. You know? Yeah. Like when yeah, I saw, he's amazing. Uh, it was Aerosmith and Kiss. Uh, Aerosmith went first, and they were great. And then Kiss, you know, did their thing. And in the middle of Kiss's concert, Joe Perry from Aerosmith came out. And Kiss Boots clearly had never had them on before. So he could barely, you know, he was like, he looked like that Davey Wester, the comic with MS, yeah. trying to fucking navigate the stage. It was like, I love stuff like that. <laughs> That's awesome. Do you go I'm to a lot of concerts? No, not a lot. No. Because you're too busy doing comedy. I'm too busy doing comedy. I went to a lot more when I was younger. I used to go to, I went to like 10 BC Boys concerts when I was young. I used to go to Henry Rollins. <laughs> Yeah, I, li- I loved Henry Rollins on Sons of I Anarchy. I loved Henry Rollins. He was good on Sons of Anarchy. I didn't. Oh, I don't think I saw him. He must have been the last season. No, no, season two. Oh, really? It's if you like Henry. I must Rollins, not have even realized it was him. Oh yeah, it's very. Uh, basically, the season two of Sons of Anarchy is uh, the uh, not KKK, but uh, let's just say a white separatist. Uh, Clan moves into Charming, and the the two lead bad guys are Adam Arkin, who's a great bad guy. Uh, I can't believe I didn't know it was him. And his uh, lieutenant was Henry Rollins. You know what? I don't think I would have recognized him because I hadn't seen him in so many years. And I just saw him on, I went to the live taping for Irish Shafir's This Is Not Happening, and he did a story. And if they didn't say it was Henry Rollins, I wouldn't have known right off because he looks so different. A lot grayer hair. Yeah. And uh, smaller. He's smaller in person. Um, but I mean, like, like he used to be like pretty muscular for a uh, you know rock and roller. And uh, yeah, but he was uh, you know you should uh, revisit season two. I'm gonna have to. Uh, one of the most powerful TV scenes ever in that uh, I think it's the first episode at the end that there's a rape scene with uh, Katie Seagal Oof. and Henry Rollins and like a couple other like henchmen and they play. Uh, I forget who did the cover, but it's the cover of a Bob Dylan song, and they have it playing in the background. It's like you get the chills, and I'm gonna go back. You know, but now let's get into your comedy. Okay. Enough about Henry Rollins. Enough raving. about these musicians. Now, here's a question I have for you, and it might come like I'm j- jabbing at you. I'm I'm really not. No uh, worries. Because it's I'm tough. Uh, well, no, I you know I love you. So, it, but you, you were on last comic standing. Yes. And here's what I've always wondered about that show. Like, you see, it helps some people, the winners. Mm-hmm. Doesn't help some people, the winners. Uh, you went far along in the, I don't want to say it's a competition, but uh, far along in the show. Um, and I, I've always wondered, does it help people like you who, like, you were on it for a while, you, you didn't win it, but, uh, like, did it help you or? Um, I think it helped. It didn't help really in, with industry. I didn't get other, I didn't have anyone calling me and wanting to represent me or anything. But I think among other comics, you get booked for more shows around LA. That's about it. But I really didn't go too far. It looked like maybe I went further because for some reason they gave me a lot of airtime on the two episodes I was on. But I was only on two. I didn't make it like into the top 30 or whatever. But see, I liked how you did it. But they it. gave me a lot of airtime for for me not making it, you know, further than I did. But you, I uh, love the combo you have because you're hot. 
but you're very you. funny. Like, you know, usually it's one or the other. Oh, well, thank you. And that's with guys, too. I don't want to, you know, get into this whole thing. Yeah, good-looking comics are always always throw me off at first. Well, I, I mean, Lachlan Patterson is like, he's amazing looking, and he's incredibly funny. His comedy has jumped to a different level. Well, it's I think it's the confidence of, of you know, he, he really... Yeah, because I've been seeing him for years, and I always thought he was funny. But in the last... I feel like it's really ever since the last comic. Maybe, maybe it is confident. He's well, hysterical. He's, he really is one of the harder working dudes. Mm -hmm. He's so funny. And he probably worked harder because he was so good looking or is uh, that, you know, it's almost like a, a good looking female comedy. Like if you have big tits, let's just say, you know that everyone's going to be just staring at them. You have to be almost twice as funny. Yeah. So people like. Well, that's why I always covered myself up as much as possible because I didn't want to be just like I didn't want a distraction. But you always had like these cute. <laughs> but I also never thought I was hot. But, well. I never, when I got into comedy, I never, my looks, I never even. I probably wouldn't have gotten into comedy if I had confidence. I never thought I was even that pretty. Why don't you think you have confidence? Only in the last like year, I think I'm pretty. <laughs> Is that weird? <laughs> Maybe it's just because I'm getting older. <laughs> yeah, but you don't look 40. <laughs> I mean, you and I are very similar. Like my whole life, I always just thought it was just like average, just like not pretty. Really? Yeah. Is that from like stuff? I really like, don't think I would have become a comedian if I had more confidence in that area. I mean, I could be wrong. I don't know. Let's get into your childhood. <laughs> my, I had nice parents. They didn't tell me I was ugly. Right. No, I think it's just, you know, you have a different, I don't know. It's just your mental state. For some reason, I always had a negative mentality. I still do. Yeah. But comedy gives you a lot of confidence. Oh, it does. Maybe I that's think. what you're saying, like talking about Lachlan and stuff. But I remember one time watching, a, when I was newer, watching a female comedian. I won't say her name on here. But she had a zip-up sweater where it was just to like her boobs. Like you could just see the cleavage. But it's one of those things where if she moved a little or bent over just a little, you'd see her boobs. And I spent the whole time looking like, are her boobs going to pop up? Are they going to be able to? And I, was, and I just remember thinking like, I don't ever want to have that where someone's focusing on something else besides what I'm saying. Plus when I started playing clubs and you realize that almost every, it seems like almost everyone's on a date right. in comedy clubs. So if the girl thinks that her date is checking you out, then all, then, you know, then that distracts her a little bit or she's not going to be as into it. Well, that's why I've always felt women have it harder than men in comedy in that area because you have to be likable to both sexes, but not intimidate either right. one, which is hard for someone as pretty as you are, because, you know, girls are almost instantly going to not like you. Just now, I'm not pretty enough for that kind of reaction. I think you are, and I'm not trying to pick up on you. I'm just to oh, me. Thank you're you. To me, you're beautiful. Well, thank you. So you know, girls are almost instantly gonna not like you just before you even open your mouth, and the guys are gonna be like you just said. Well, I can't laugh too hard because you know Susie won't fuck me tonight. That's why I wear baggy dresses that are like trash bags. Well, that's why I used to wear hockey jerseys on stage. <laughs> then I realized how fucking ridiculous I looked. I like the hockey jerseys. <laughs> uh, you know. Uh, no, but because it, it, but it's true. Like with that, like with a manager who'll tell me, "Oh, you should wear heels, show off your legs." 
And that was one area where I did have confidence and I'd be like, no, but I have nice legs and they look really good in heels. That's not going to help my comedy to be showing, to have people looking at your legs and thinking like, oh, her legs are toned. Oh, there's a nice look. You know what I mean? That's not going to help. Plus, it, I think it depends on your humor too. Like someone like, um, you know, Chelsea Handler, or maybe she could be sexy because she's the confident woman but if i i go on stage i'm usually more like self-deprecating right so you can't go out there looking sexy and then talk about how you know you suck at relationships or it's you know what i mean yeah because or or you don't like yourself and it's like wait why wouldn't you look like you're wearing heels you're in a dress you're obviously sexy or something you know are gonna have a hard time i think believing you have a hard time with men yeah so i think it depends on your material as well what you want to portray I do get a Chelsea Handler vibe from you. What? Oh, that's such a nice compliment. You know, get a show so you could put. Well, maybe me on. the older I get, I'll change. I'll I'll change my look a little. But I mean, what can you do other than? I that? don't know. <laughs> show my new show off my new boobs. Well, I'll send you to Doctor Fisher, Cannon Drive. <laughs> what does your boyfriend do? Uh, he works in in what field? In entertainment, okay. kind of, but on the business side. Well, that's smart. He works... Uh, you have to say where, but I mean, like yeah, for he, TV, movies, whatever. He works for an entertainment company, but he works more... He's closer to the accounting side than the creative side. So he's Jewish. <laughs> no, he's not Jewish. A Non-Jewish accountant. I don't know. Uh, he's a white boy from um, Maryland. Okay. Baltimore. And how did you guys meet? How did you... I want to know how a comic who is around comics every night, how do you end up dating a non-comic audience member? Uh, No, he works for the uh, improvs. Oh. Do I know him? (laughs) Oh, I do know him. Oh, that's cool. (laughs) We'll talk off air. We're not trying to... (laughs) We're not trying to out anyone here. I mean, you know. Now, it's uh, Dan Godfrey. Do you know Dan Godfrey? I don't think I do. He used to forget the Irvine Improv. Maybe yeah. I do. I don't know. No. You may have met him if you did the improvs with the... I don't get a lot of improv spots. Rob. I, Deuce Bigelow. Rob Schneider, by the way, is the new show out. Real Rob on Netflix, December 1st. Promo. I like the plug. For plug. Well, now that we're in the plug part of the show, no, I'm just, we're not done yet, but uh, where can people find you on Twitter? Oh, I'm on Twitter. I'm on Instagram, at Jen Murphy Comedy. That's two N's? Just or, one. Uh, Jen J- Murphy Comedy. J-E-N-M-U-R-P-H-Y. Please follow in on Facebook. Do you do Facebook with fans? or? You I like it? Facebook and Twitter. I don't, I mean, uh, sorry. I like Facebook and Instagram. I don't like Twitter. I never post on Twitter. I'll retweet people. I, I don't post. know. I'm not into it. I'm trying to get some numbers, but uh, well, no, it's important. I mean, I should be more into it, but uh, that's what people pay attention to now, like industry people. I would say Twitter. And They're Instagram. like, don't even come close to me if you unless you have ten thousand followers. Yeah, I don't even want to talk to you until you have ten thousand. Or Vine. You can't get a manager or agent if, without followers. Yeah, I mean, well, they're too lazy these days. They don't want to do any work. They want someone who's already, like, done all the work themselves, and then they can take the 10%, you know? I just, I'm intimidated by Twitter. 
Why? What's I mean? Because you... I feel like if I put a, a bad joke up there, it's just it's up there and it's horrible. And well, that's where you and I differ. <laughs> I kind of re- I like to tell my jokes on stage because I can do them in my own voice or I can do my own. But sometimes just to read them, I feel like it's not going to be funny for someone just to read it. Well, I put out more bad jokes on Twitter. You'd think I'd write for a Spike TV show, but I mean. But that's good because you're supposed to put out as much content as you possible, right? Yeah, but then uh, I think Rogan told me one night at the comedy store, he's like, dude, you don't want to do jokes online because then people don't want to see you live. Like, well, then how are you supposed to get followers unless you post? Well, I know. It's, well, it's a catch-20. What, 20. just post funny pictures or something? Well, that might work for a girl. I mean, you know, it seems to work. I mean, I know of uh, uh, one particular uh, person. I won't say whether they're male or female who uh, they um, uh, have a lot of interesting content and they just signed with one of the biggest management companies in town. So it's, it's like that's because they're posting so much, posting on... some wacky, uh, you know, content. I'll just leave it at that. And uh, can you tell me off air? Oh, absolutely. Oh, good. Y- you know, uh, and I'm not hating on uh, anyone who does it. I mean, I know uh, that one Vine star that uh, Josh Adam Myers used to date. Uh, oh, my God. Yeah, Brittany. She like literally you have to. If you want her in one of your Vine videos or something, you have I might have the numbers off, but you have to pay her like thousands of dollars. Is Vine still around? I don't see anything about it. Well, she better hope so. Uh, I thought it died or something. Or maybe it's just a young person thing? It's still around. I think Instagram's probably the the, the hot thing right now. Um, you know, I'm, I'm happy if I get 50 likes on a picture, but then I see... Uh, who did I have? Uh, Chavo Guerrero Jr., uh, amazing uh, pro wrestler. Uh, he puts out any picture, minimum 500 likes. But that's the wrestling fans. I mean, like they're like hardcore. Uh, I think you have a tendency. I think it's easier to get likes on Instagram too because as you're scrolling through the pic, the heart is right there. It's so right. easy. Like, for me, I don't think twice. I'm just like, oh, I'll just give him a heart. I'll just give him a heart. I mean, I rarely <laughs> uh, look at my Instagram unless I get a notice. So I don't look. I would like more pictures if I, you know, I'm too in my own world. I'm not going to scroll my internet, uh, Instagram feed to see what pictures uh, Jimmy and Joey just put up. You have a more productive life than me. Not necessarily. <laughs> All I do is write and jokes. Scroll through. I just write jokes all day and try and find somewhere to tell them at night. Do you write jokes all day? Well, in the last, are you really th- disciplined with your? I writing? am. I'm. Uh, I try and write five jokes a day, most of them bad. And now, you know, I was supposed to roast Olivia Grace tonight, actually. Uh, so for the last three months, I've been writing. Five regular jokes a day and then five Olivia jokes. That's a day. happening tonight. No, it's not because. Uh, uh, there was a uh, bringer show promoter uh, a couple weeks ago who was advertising a uh, minor on his show. And, and I think someone called the cops and was like, you guys let minors in, uh, you know, oh, don't tell me Olivia can't go to the roast battle. She can't even go to the comedy store right now. Oh my God. The roast battle has totally made her career at this I point. I know, but we are doing it at right. It was Fest. so good for her. Oh, and I was so excited. Uh, everyone. Was- oh, she must be so bummed. She's bummed, but uh, she's got a lot of things going on other than roast battle. But uh, I knew her when she was seventeen, and she just started. And literally, I think the roast battle is what catapulted. Oh, absolutely! I mean, she is. Uh, I think she's the best roaster. It's been really good. I actually haven't seen her roast. I see that she wins every time. She is. Uh, I think she's four and one. 
She lost to Keith Carey, one of her... Uh, he's really good. I think he's uh, her best friend. So, yeah, they're uh, close. It was a really, really fun battle, but uh, I still think she's the best roaster because she's just... There's nothing you can say to her that's going to phase her. It's yeah. amazing how young she is. Oh, my God. I wish I started at her age. I, I can't... I started at 30. Yeah, me too. Oh, I started at 30 also. And although it... It's made us the comics we are. So in, in one sense, I'm glad for both of us. But another way, like, what if I started at 20? I know. When I, you see the young people, you're like, fuck. Oh, like Jack Knight. He's he's blowing up now. He's he, I think he started at 16. Olivia started at 16. Uh, you know, I, I we were at Montreal for Roast Battle. Uh, and most of the new faces were early 20s. Oh. Uh, so... I Do you ever I, see those young people and think like, oh, fuck, it's too late? Uh, I, have, sometimes, I constantly have to fight that thought in my head. I mean, I still like doing it too much to think. I mean, I I can't say I've thought of quitting, but I, it, it's crossed my mind. Like, fuck, what am I doing? Well, I don't want to quit, but I get the, all these negative thoughts in my head of like, well, I'm never going to go any further than this because I'm too old to be somebody who industry industry is going to pay attention to or something because all these young people are the ones that they oh yeah i mean i you know it's a young person's game and uh yeah but why is that you know i think Cause you only get funnier as you get older but i don't think this business is about being funnier i i as you you could i mean i'm not trying to put words in your mouth but like i think you might agree with me probably like it ain't about being the funniest person you know i'm sure we both know I would love to book a late night talk show, the comics, because I would expose America to people like you. Oh, you. You know, you're just as funny as any comic who was on late night TV this week. Yeah. Uh, I won't say I am, but I mean, I think I could hold my own. Yes. But like comics like you and I, you know, uh, it's not that the people who are on TV are funnier over us. It's that they just better networkers, better schmoozers. I know. Which is 80% of the game. I know. You uh, see the people that are good at it, and I'm like... And they get farther along than we are. Yeah. Uh, and that's not a knock on them. No, God, no, no. They're not doing anything wrong. But it's... Uh, <laughs> you know, I think in this era of reality TV and... You know, I mean, I used to do comedy shows with Cato Kalin, and he's a great guy. I'm sure you've done Oh, it. I did a co, yeah. He's amazing. I, like, he's a great guy. He was really nice. And, you know, you could tell that he was almost embarrassed that he was the headliner over someone like you, who clearly is a better comic. He would admit to that. But it's like... He you has can, a name. I mean, I remember one billboard. He did Vegas, I think, one show with Jeff Richards and Greg Wilson. The Greg Wilson. The, the Greg. The Greg. I didn't know there Wait, was Wait, was Cato headlining? And Cato was... Uh, his name was on the, uh, it was a billboard like off the 15 and you had his name and like kiss size lettering. And then, you know, Jeff and, uh, Oh, I didn't know he actually took comedy that far. I thought he just did a couple local shows around LA for fun. This might've been a one-off. Like I'm sure he was offered a lot of money. Hey, you know, and, yeah. uh, so that's like, he's clearly the least funny of those three, but yet he was the headline. Yeah. And I know Screech was headlining huge shows over like, I think Nick Swartzen told the story that Nick was featuring for Screech. Is Screech in jail now? Uh, yeah, I think he knifed someone at a, yeah. like a triple run gig or something. Yeah. Like, no, it was like some weird triple run. <laughs> triple run. The Dave Treble, the worst person on earth. Uh, but, uh, you know, oh, did you really? ever do a triple run? I did like two. 
I did a half. For me, it was good because that was the first time I ever featured. Oh, yeah. Like, I I drove nine hours. But you're so excited. I drove nine hours to Winnemucca. Winner's Casino. Yeah, for one night and then drove nine hours back. But I was so excited. I was the same way. Wait, why'd you do a half? Uh, well, uh, you, you know, bail on- it was a three week run. Oh God. Yeah. I never did anything that long. So about four days before the first week starts, he's like, calls me up and no emotion in his voice. Just a fucking droid. Uh, first week's canceled and I'd canceled some pretty nice gigs through my ex-girlfriend Shelly. She had like booked me some, like one gig was, uh, hosting the media tent. At- he didn't apologize at all. No, just like a droid. Uh, sorry, first week's canceled. You go in two weeks, and then uh, so first week goes by. We I'm driving with a couple other comics. It's uh, so basically fourteen days, six shows. It's fourteen days of driving, basically. Yeah. And uh, I get up there. The first show was horrible. It's just a like a bar gig, and then we get to the hotel the next day, and they're like. Uh, we don't have a room for you. I'm like, what? So I call a triple and Rocky, who was this co-booker or whatever. And they're like, oh, yeah, we don't pay for off days on the road. They don't give you a room? No. How are you going to make money if you're paying for your hotel room? Well, that's the greatest thing, which is basically what I said to him. He's like, oh, well, uh, he puts Rocky on the phone. Well, what you do is uh, hang out in the lobby until the next day. And then you just go right in or... You know, there's a strip club off the the 40. Just hang out there. And, and like it was the most insane logic. And I'm like, listen, either the off days are paid for or I'm coming home. You know why? Because they get comics that would just sleep in their cars. Yeah, and I was not one of them. Yeah. Uh, so, but it's a great business model because for every guy like me who's like, fuck you, there's 10 more who all do that gig. So. Yeah, you know, I think it was good for like the very first time I had to do 30 minutes. Right. Because... If you're going to bomb, it's better to do it out in Winnemucca. Well, that was the funny thing. <laughs> uh, the headliner I was with, you know, it, I did benefit to a degree because I ha- I was out there with a very lazy headliner. I mean, just incredible. If your headliner. That's the problem, too. He would get people that just. Well, you're, you're dealing with headliners who've, who've basically given up. Well, also, he would. Yeah, he didn't check because my first time that when I drove to Winnemucca, the headliner I was with was like. 22 and not to say you can't be hilarious at 22 but he didn't have an hour he only had like a half hour and i told him i go what do you do for the rest because he had to do an hour he goes i don't know i just like play games with the audience or something like there's no screening process to make sure that he's hiring people well yeah (laughs) really have the time i think he basically just takes guys or girls who say yes and uh, like the headliner I was with that first, the only trip, what, he's like, dude, uh, looking back now, it, it's pretty funny that I was so stupid. He's like, you're really funny, bro. Why don't we split the time? You know, you do 45, I'll do 45. You're like, like clearly give just, me the money then? Oh, he didn't give me extra money. <laughs> and uh, so I did like, <laughs> like in Medford, Oregon or something. I was like doing 45. I probably literally at that point had 10 minutes. Of, of like good material, maybe not. Oh, so you just improvise the rest. So for thirty five minutes, I'm doing semi decent crowd work. That is so funny. Uh, and then uh, that was that was that was the end of my triple run days. 
I try and talk young comics out of it, you know. They, well, they, now, these days, I don't think you can even afford to do it because you have to drive so far with gas. Pr- like, how would you even make any money? But he's such a scumbag. He'll have, like, he's like, hey, uh, Earl, the the headliner lives in Bakersfield. Can you pick him up? Uh, no, I can't pick him up. The first gig's in, like, Idaho. I'm not... <laughs> I'm not rerouting to Bakersfield because you're Bakersfield. booking some guy who's made worse decisions in comedy than I have. <laughs> um, starting with the green to do this gig. So, but I think we're both beyond triple runs now. I so. think so. Uh, what's going on right now for you comedically? Comedically right now, I'm just trying to work as much as possible. Um, this year I've worked more than I ever have. So, Whenever I start to get down about things, that's what I think. I eventually want to work every weekend or at least three weekends out of the month. Do you do acting stuff or like? No, I got to get back into acting. I used to be into it. I was really into acting before I started doing stand up. And then I got into stand up and just totally like put all my focus into that. I've done some acting in the last 10 years, but very little. Because I could see you as like the. The, the nerdy hot neighbor, you know, like yeah, the nerdy hot friend. No, I mean, like, you, you know, you could be like, uh, I'm trying to think of it. I don't, I haven't seen a movie in so long. I can't think of a, a current movie, but yeah, I got to uh, get back into acting. I loved acting because that since I was young. You know, if you get on a, you know, like I'm sure when the Rob Schneider show gets on and I think it'll do pretty well. Uh, my gigs will get better just yeah i'm in a few episodes yeah no that like, helps tremendously so and you know ro- roast battle you know you never know what's going on with that and you had one of the great roast battles uh against brant tobler tobler, tobler sorry brant uh, <laughs> that was one of the scariest things i've ever done now let's get into that for a little bit um that was really fun but like definitely the most terrifying thing i've done in comedy probably because you guys and i i like to me, I grew up with the Dean Martin roast, uh, which you know are different than the Comedy Central roast of today. And I'm not knocking the Comedy Central roast, but like I see those as just shitting on a current celebrity. Like, very yeah, deep. they get really dark. Well, I know with uh, Bieber, uh, his favorite comic is Chris D'Elia, yeah. so they knew each other. So that was funny, uh, and I loved Hannibal Burris. He was like. Uh, I don't like your music. I'm just here because I know it's going to help me. <laughs> you know, I, <laughs> I really appreciated that honesty. But like in the, the Dean Martin roast, they roasted each other because they like they knew each other. Yeah. Uh, you know, Don Rickles could look at Sammy Davis and say either you're black or you got shoe polish on you. And it's just like, that's pretty crazy to say, like in the 70s. Yeah. Uh, but you and Brant, they had dated or whatever hooked up once or twice we hooked up once or twice we never dated i know they said that at the rose bell they said we were a couple but that wasn't true and so you knew each other there was history there yes and from what i remember you killed them you beat them i did win i did win i feel like joe rogan didn't want to give it to me because he was like let's go one more round which is what i hate about i love rose bell it's a great show brian moses great they host. kept trying to defend brand i was like wait i won Brand had good jokes. I feel like, because Brand can be one of the meanest people, it, it, and I feel way? like he helped, like uh, verbally, he can just he can verbally destroy people. 
Yeah, but you're a danger. But I feel like he like either held back or... I don't think he did. I think you were doing better than he, what he probably thought. I think he probably thought... His jokes weren't that mean. Well... He had good jokes, but he wasn't... I don't but, know. I, I, I expected him to be much meaner. But you had better jokes and they were like... They were mean, but they were funny. Like his were like... Oh, thank you. You know, which is key. I mean, there, I've seen a lot of battles where... Uh, you know, like some of Olivia's jo- uh, battles where people would just hit her with fat jokes. Yeah. And it's like not original. I mean, you know, fat jokes can be really funny, but they, uh, you know, in some cases were just, you're basically, you're fat. And she had these amazing comebacks. Oh, really? uh, God, I wish I would have seen. Yeah, oh, no, she's, she's, uh, but that's why I wanted to roast her because I really, I wanted to go up against the best. And I've got like 12 pages on my iPad of her. And I know she has the same on me. But you and Brandt, uh, you know, it was fun to watch. Thank you. Would you ever do another battle? I would do another one. But I want to do it with somebody I know. A lot of people say, like, to to do Total Strangers is just the same. It's like what you said about the great, the the, uh, Dean Martin roast, where I feel like it's more fun when you really know the person. Like, I would do, I don't like doing battles because I'm not mean-spirited enough. Like, I care about... Like people's feelings too much. Like me and Olivia, like we, we sat down and said, "Okay, well, you know, even though we're really good friends, you know, it was like, oh, well, tell tell me, you know, some skeletons in your closet, and yeah, I'll do the same." And she told me a few things. Like, oh man, I don't want to say stuff about that. It's like, and then you know, like I told, hey, you know, my parents passed away two months apart. You know, it might be something funny there. <laughs> it's, and uh, she's like, "Well, I don't want to make fun of that." You know, it's like, yeah. uh, so it's like. You know, I would love to do one with you, but I love like because we know each well, like we love each other. But I, I don't think I, I, I would, you know. well, to me, like the reason I did that first one, um, you know, Brian Moses asked me to do it, and I was like, I'm not good at this. I'm not a roaster. I'm not like a mean comic. And then I was like, okay, now I have to do it because now it's a challenge for me as a comic of like, can I write roast jokes? Because right. I've never written them before. So to me, it was more just a challenge for comedic wise. It wasn't right. that I necessarily wanted to like, you know, do the mean roasting thing. And then I chose Brant because I'm like, we both have hated each other in the past. Uh, so like, and in the future. And been friends. We've gone back and forth. So it was like, I know he'll have great stuff on me. I know I'll have good stuff. For- so I figured it would be good for the audience. Right. And it was. It was to have really some fun. people who have a past and uh, are not necessarily friends, you know. Yeah. But um, so if I did it again, like if, if I battled you or something, I would do it for. I think I would do it for that same reason again. Is like it's such a challenge as a comic because it's really hard to do. It is, and like uh, you said, you can't just go up there and be like, "Oh, you're fat. Oh, you're ugly." Like you have to write. But it depends who you roast. You original. Know, I mean, uh, you good know, jokes. It, there's a lot of strat. I've seen every battle pretty much, and like, there's so much strategy involved. Like, like with like you, and and, and certainly in Olivia's case, because she's done a lot. She's so liked up there that you just can't be mean. You know, otherwise, she's already got the crowd on her side, basically. Uh, why is it? A, is it a lot of regulars in the crowd? Is that why? Well, I think she's re, uh, her. What do you repu- mean she's just likable? Her personality. Both, uh, I, I, but she's so respected as a roaster up there that you know to beat her, you're gonna have to really 
like Keith Carey had this amazing rape joke. Uh, and I know it's weird to say <laughs> amazing rape joke, but, uh, you know, and it won him the battle and it was such a clever joke. Do you remember what it was? I don't want to misquote it, but in, in, you know, uh, Olivia was, um, uh, sexually assaulted, uh, by a, a black gentleman or black, I shouldn't say gentleman, but, uh, black dude and Keith had something along the lines of uh, Olivia was raped by a black dude all we owe that guy is the 40 acres and a mule <laughs> you know and it just that's not the exact joke but it, it brought the house down really I mean, it just destroyed and even last and nobody even got tight about the rape thing did they just let no the it roast? was well, you could instantly tell with Keith and Olivia, they were best, our best friends. Yeah. So it would be like if you and I went up there, like people would know, oh, they love each other. Uh, and, uh, you know, it was just, she was ripping him. He's, you know, uh, so, you know, I, it's really uh, improved my writing, writing for her. Cause it's like, you know, a fat joke is just a fat joke. I don't think she's fat in the first place, but like in that realm, you have to act like you do. Yeah. And so it's like, okay, what's funny where I could say it in an end of round way and, you know, thinking of a funny rape joke and I'm sure she's, you know, she's doing age joke, age, not AIDS. I thought you said AIDS too. I was like, I, know, I, was like, boy, AIDS. Yeah, I well, didn't know. Guys, I got something to tell you on Inappropriate <laughs> Earl. I've got uh, full blown AIDS. So enjoy these episodes while they're uh, up. Um, <laughs> Ah, talk about a Freudian slip (laughs) Uh, but I know like you you know part of the fun is for me anyway has been like all right where's she gonna hit me on Uh, age because I'm older Um, you know uh, I go to like two gay gyms to work at you know I'm vain and that you know like I try and take care of myself and all that stuff yeah Uh, you know and uh, so I think you have to know your weaknesses and you know, because a lot of people think, oh, I you've, like if you're balding and you don't think there's going to be a bald joke, you're you're setting yourself up for, uh, you know, losing. Or if you're, you know, like Olivia's great because she knows oh, people probably say something about my body type. You yeah, know. I was going to say part of the strategy is figure, trying to figure out what people are going to say and then having comebacks for it. Yeah, right? I mean, uh, the, I think the only person who doesn't necessarily prepare like that and is very good at it is George Perez. I've heard he's amazing. He, but I will say this: the last roast he did, we got the opportunity to open up for Dave Chappelle. Yeah, yeah, he told me about that. I think I did a show with him like the week after or something. He was amazing, but it, we we opened up for Chappelle in some like wacky uh, urban nightclub, and it was really we were all scared, uh, especially oh, really? me and Whitney, because we're up there, uh, you know, as the house racist. And we're in like an urban club. It's like, wow. And Whitney killed it. Uh, you know, I had my opening line did pretty good. And uh, George uh, was going up against Jamar Neighbors, who's uh, very much an improv roaster. Oh, you opened for Chappelle by roasting each other. Yeah, we had basically a roast battle. Oh, I thought you meant you just got to open for him. Oh, oh I wish. Oh, oh. Uh, I mean, I love roast battle, but I'd, re- you know, I guess I'd rather be known as a comic than the house racist guy. Uh, but, so what uh, happened with George there? Was it he was he prepared like he researched Jamar and normally he would have just winged it. Yeah, and, and so uh, which everyone else probably should do. 
Because I've seen. So he's better at winging it than if he actually prepared. <laughs> well, no, he killed Jamar, and Jamar's oh, okay. <laughs> uh, Jamar's a great roaster. Oh, I imagine he, he's so likable. Like you know, you can't help but like Jamar. You know, and uh, so it's it's if you haven't checked out Roast Battle, it's every Tuesday night at the Comedy Store, about eleven thirty, about eleven thirty, and celebrity judges, and uh, tonight the Sklar brothers are uh, the judges, nice. Ashley Barnhill. And uh, Brian Moses hosting me and uh, Joe Dosh, the uh, first uh, homosexual house hater, uh, will be with me at the table tonight. So, uh, so you're not going to roast anyone, though, right? They didn't reassign you. No, my heart wasn't in roasting anyone because I'll only roast people I one like as a person and like as a comic. When so. does Olivia turn twenty one? I think about seven, eight months, maybe. Oh, good. So she's in the year. Okay. Yeah, yeah, she's in the year, and it's she's really bummed out. But uh, oh, well, isn't that that time will go by, and then she'll be having a miraculous, triumphant return. And she's like a great artist too. So she's like got a not a cartoon, but a comic uh, series she's working on that's really good. And uh, you know, her comedy for someone who's not been doing it that long is really good. So. Uh, you know, watch out for uh, awesome. LOL Olivia Grace on yeah, Twitter. Yeah, she's going to be big. Uh, but Jen Murphy is here today. I am here today. Jen Murphy comedy. Just a little bit older than Olivia. Yeah, Jen Murphy comedy. Facebook. Uh, Across the board. Uh, Twitter and Instagram. Uh, where, uh, before we let you go, I could talk all day with you, but my goal, no. and I tell this to every guest that I like, been a few I haven't, but that's all right. Uh, I want people to hear enough where they want you to come back. That's a good goal. You know, we could talk for the next hour. Yeah, no, that's a good goal. I like that goal. And I find people tune out after about an hour. I'd rather return. Oh, I would. you are, if you ever need to promote anything or, or you know, uh, have stuff you want to get off your chest, if you have to break up with your boyfriend, let me know. We can <laughs> off-air podcast. <laughs> just kidding, just kidding. Just kidding, Mr. Dan. <laughs> He might listen to this. This is a fairly popular podcast in the comedy realm. Oh, he'll listen. Don't worry. Uh, well, in that case, I'm just kidding, Dan. Um, improv spot would be nice. Anyway, uh, <laughs> thank you, Paige, for the last one you gave me. Uh, Paige, the lovely... Uh, I love Paige. Paige is the best. She, two weeks ago, I'm in my underwear on a Tuesday night watching the Kings play. I don't remember who they were playing. And uh, phone rings, Earl... Can you get to the improv in five minutes? Our headliner can't make it. That's so awesome. And I'm like, Paige, I'm in my underwear right now. She's like, get down here. Put on some pants. I literally showed up to the improv putting my pants on. She said, valet the car. Oh, Don't. like the show had already started show and everything? The show started. Uh, the second to last comic was on the lineup. Uh, so it helps the that stage. they know you live close. Yeah. And I won't say who the headliner was supposed to be, but uh, for whatever reason, they Off just... air. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> That is so awesome. And I walked into the improv with no socks on. Uh, it, like, Paige is like, you got time to put your shoes on. <laughs> that is so funny. And, uh, I mean, the improv. I mean, I it's love the It's so comments. hard to get a spot at the Hollywood Improv. But you know what I like? You know, I know we talked about Tommy earlier in the broadcast. Uh, Jamie. Jamie No, Flam. I love the bookers. It's just so hard. I like their honesty there. Like, you know. They're opening up the lab now again. Yeah. They, so that'll help. Legendary. Uh, uh, there's been some legendary shows at the Improv Lab. Hopefully that's going to help. Uh, me, uh, Carlos Herrera, and Eric Gruber took down the joke thief in the uh, lab. Oh, I remember that video. 
which oh, that's was, so funny. was in the lab. Uh, I saw the video, yeah. And I haven't seen that guy since, that night. Oh, well, he had to have left L.A. Are you going to do any comedy after that? Yeah, I mean, uh, basically there was a guy doing Mitch Hedberg, not right. Mitch Hedberg, I'm sorry, Mitch Mullaney's uh, act, not just word for word, but the act outs. And, uh, and this shows you how you should be nice to people because Eric Gruber, uh, do you know Eric? Not personally, no. Great guy. Really funny. Uh, this guy, uh, Jason, I don't even remember his last name, was rude to uh, Eric at one of Burger's uh, Bringer shows at the Comedy Store. <laughs> burger. Uh, burger. A day Burger. Probably has paid me more money to do comedy than anybody. Uh, he had those like shitty gigs in Lawndale. Are I you serious? Do. Yeah, like he'd pay me a hundred bucks. I'm like, oh, I had to go to Lawndale, but... Jen uh, and Burger have interesting history. We'll get into that uh, episode two. Next time. Uh, and uh, Eric was like, I wonder why this guy was so rude to me. I'm going to have him on my show at the Improv Lab, Mostly Normal Show. And in between that and the actual show, someone came to Gruber and said, hey, you know, this guy's stealing Mitch Mullaney's act. Here's video of Mitch doing the joke. Here's video of this idiot. How do you just memorize another person's act word for word? It was word for it. word. It, but even worse than that is he did the act outs the exact same I remember way. that video. Oh, my God. That's so funny. So uh, we had the guy on the show. And, of course, he didn't know what was going on. And it's all comics in the room. And oh. everyone in the room knew what was going to happen. Basically, for the, you guys listening, Joke Thief was invited to do Eric's show at the lab. He had no idea that Eric was going to show video of him stealing jokes and then the actual joke by Mitch Mullaney being told. And I, Jen. But wait, you let him perform first so people yeah. would see him do it and then showed the video. Oh my God, that's brutal. And I've been. Were you dying laughing? The anticipation in that room when he's on stage, not knowing what's about to happen. I've been to Kiss concerts, I've been to Super Bowls, <laughs> I've, I've been to World Series. <laughs> I've been to Stanley Cup finals, the Kings and Canadians. It's the first year. It's the only, well, at that point, it was the only time the Kings had ever gotten to the finals. So the the energy in that building was just insane. Nothing compares to what the improv lab was that night. Oh, my God. That's amazing. And, uh, you know, he. I didn't realize the whole audience knew what was going to be coming. It was 90% comics. Yeah. And uh, so the uh, I feel sorry for the 10% that were like, oh, we're just here for a comedy show. <laughs> yeah. uh, and just there was just energy of like, we're going to see a guy melt in front of us. And uh, it was every bit as good. Uh, Burger was there, wasn't he? No, he wasn't. Because who was out? Ari Shafir was there. Chris Neff. Chris Neff. That's who it was. I knew there was someone went outside and was almost going to fight with him. It was Chris Neff. Chris Neff followed him with, uh, I think, Matt Nost was holding yes. the camera. And it's it, they took the video off of YouTube. I think the guy threatened to sue. Uh, that's who it was, Neff, yeah. And uh, Chris Neff, another good friend of ours. Uh, awesome dude. Uh, you can check out his show once a month at uh, the Fox Fire. It's the Don't Call Us we'll call you show which literally it's a night of a thousand comics <laughs> and i had to host it one night and they I, never call me that show is probably still going on <laughs> i didn't know he kept it that long oh uh, yeah chris is the best now before we let you go uh this podcast will probably be out in like two days just did one i released yesterday so i like to let him breathe a little yes uh do you have anything coming up in like the next couple of weeks where uh 
I'll be um, at the Irvine Improv with Bert Kreischer. I'm really excited. I love Bert Kreischer. Bert Kreischer, the amazing first week guy. Of December. I know. Great comic. I love him. Incredibly nice to so meet funny, Montreal. Yeah. And a guy that Tommy, the old talent coordinator from the comedy store, told to uh, work the parking lot. Oh, yes. I heard that story. <laughs> Here's one of the best comics working today on a TV show. Literally, he's on national TV 47 out of the 52 weeks out of the year. You'd think that might be a good guy to get in the mix. Uh, hey, you should work the parking lot. <laughs> so I know this story is so funny. So Bert Kreischer, Irvine Improv in a few weeks. Yeah, first week, like December 4th through 6th. And then uh, I'm working a lot um, in January. I'll be going to Tacoma, Tacoma Comedy Club. Cool, cool. Orny Adams. The great Orny Adams uh, from the Seinfeld documentary Comedian. Mm-hmm. I'll be headlining um, in North Carolina at the Dead Crow Comedy Club. I think it's in Wilmington. It's all right. Check out my website, guys. What is your website? All the dates are on there. It's the only thing that isn't Jen Murphy comedy. It's jenmurphylive.com. So, uh, guys, I know I always ask you guys this, but uh, Jen Murphy is one of my favorite people in LA comedy. And if you've, this will be episode 90 of Inappropriate Earl. If you've listened to the previous 89, you know, <laughs> and hopefully you have, if not, go back. Uh, L.A. comedy is full. Uh, it's like literally like the bar in Star Wars. <laughs> Every fucking unsavory character in the world is in L.A. comedy. Guys trying to fuck your girlfriend. Uh, you, you know, bookers who lie to your face. Uh, you know, unfunny uh, comics talking shit behind your back. Mm-hmm. It, it's the greatest job on earth. But there's a lot of shitty people in this business. Jen Murphy is one of them. She's probably under one of under 10 people. If I quit comedy tomorrow, I would still stay in touch with. Well, thank you. So please go to uh, JenMurphyLive.com. Uh, check her out. She's amazing. Uh, and on Twitter, Instagram, it's at JenMurphyComedy. Yes. Uh, one N. And uh, really support her. Uh, do you have T-shirts or stuff you sell on your website? I have CDs and T-shirts, yeah, on my website, yes, both. You know, I get not one penny out of any sale that you will give Jen Murphy, but I'm begging you, please buy her CD. Uh, you know, if you have a girlfriend or whatever, buy her T-shirt. Uh, Jen's just an awesome person. And uh, before I go, let's all tweet at Gene Simmons. <laughs> To get him on this podcast. Yes. A kiss, the 80s. There's a lot of questions that need to be answered, Gene. Uh, and please, you know this podcast, Inappropriate Earl, iTunes and SoundCloud. Please leave a review on iTunes. It does help you get featured. So, you know, I get a little higher up the food chain. And uh, people like Jen can get exposed to the masses. So yeah. uh, thank you guys for the love and support. At Earl Skakel, E-A-R-L-S-K-A-K-E-L on Instagram and Twitter. Earl Skakel on Facebook. Remember the name Jen Murphy. You're going to love her. 